In this podcast, case study, how to ensure employees can work effectively from home. Sarah Balmerth, HR Director at Hughes Insurance, explains Hughes Insurance's decision to implement permanent remote working for their 250 employees and how they plan to tackle feelings of isolation and employee well-being. Sarah is an experienced HR professional working within HR for over 15 years. Sarah is currently HR Director at Hughes Insurance with responsibility for HR and learning and development. She has worked at Hughes Insurance for just over six years and her work has primarily focused on cultural change, organisational development and employee experience. Sarah's role allows her to work at both a strategic and operational level, partnering with the key leadership team to deliver results through people and culture. So I'm going to take you through kind of our journey to um, kind of making the decision around uh, a more permanent homeworking um, model um, and talk to you a little bit about the rationale behind that, why we made that decision. And then I want to focus kind of in and around more of the health and well-being aspects that are going to support that model as well as we kind of move uh, towards the end of the presentation. So. Um, you can see there on our right hand side some of our lovely uh, staff working from home and um, so that kind of shows you some of the setup we've got and um, so I think it's useful maybe just to start off by providing a bit of context around um, the organize our organization so we're essentially an insurance intermediary so we're a broker and we sell insurance products of other insurers and um, so we are we we sell private car commercial commercial CV home products um, and we we're kind of a multi-channel digitally led distribution model what that actually means is we operate through different channels so we have a contact center we have our own direct website and we work through price comparison websites so we're very digitally led and um, about 80% of our business originates online and um, so we have a very digital model and um, but a lot of our customers do call in and close the sale and um, or transact with us and um, over the contact center and um, eventually so whilst we start digitally we still have that human aspect as well and that's very important for our brand and very important for our business and um, so people are really kind of front and center of our strategy and um, and one of our key values is about putting people first so um we are part of the wider liberty mutual group which is a u.s based insurance company and we fall within the european division um, of liberty mutual um, we are headquartered in Newton Arts um, and as Scott alluded to that is now our only um, building. We have roughly around 260 employees and 120,000 customers. Um, so I, you may or may not have seen some recent press coverage in terms of our decision to move to a more permanent remote model um, and that it, it, it's I think in the press it looked like it was a hundred percent remote um, and, it, and it's not really it is more of a hybrid model and um, where staff do have the option to work 100% remotely and um, but they also have the option to come into the office uh, two days a week if they want to um, and there will be requirements for them to for certain collaborative events or maybe potentially training um, so but that full model isn't actually in operation um, at the minute because we're still working remotely because of the pandemic and we hope to be back in the office around September September, depending on infection rates and restrictions at the time. Okay, 
So just in terms of um, why did we decide to um, move to a more permanent remote model of working? Um, and it's important to say that it has been a strategic objective of the organisation for some time, even pre-pandemic. Um, as you can see in the previous slide, what I alluded to, we, we are a digitally led organisation and we want to be more agile. So we want to really, we wanted to really future proof the business and taking into consideration our uh, customer expectations and our employee expectations. So on the customer side, you know, we see a lot of changing customer behaviors. People prefer to transact online. Um, we had previously quite um, a large distribution of branches around the province. And over the years, we have um, gone on a journey of closing them. And that's largely due to customer behavior. Um, we, we just didn't have the footfall in branch to justify um, maintaining those. Um, but we did keep keep some of them because they were distributed across the province, which allowed us to have staff across the province, which was really important from attracting talent perspective. However, a remote model um, allows us to attract talent from all over GB, so that that kind of mitigates that 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 issue that we had with attracting talent. So that's kind of then the customer side and then on the employee side, you know, expectations from employees have changed dramatically over the years. The majority of our employees sit within the kind of Gen Z millennial um, demographic um, and we obviously know from a lot of research that that the, that demographic of employee really value freedom and flexibility and, and not just that demographic actually a lot of our older generation um, employees love working from home. Um, maybe would have been a bit more apprehensive about it, um, but certainly since we've been through the pandemic, um, the, the, the feedback from them has been really positive. So it was about kind of looking at customer and employee expectations and trying to kind of future-proof the business in, in relation to, to that. Obviously, with the pandemic, it did kind of accelerate uh, our strategic desire to do this, and it, and it provided us, I guess, with a pilot with like a test case of putting this in motion, because um, we really didn't have a choice at that stage. Um, and whilst we have been operating 100% from home in the year, we have continuously kind of looked for feedback from our staff, and we've quite a high uh, survey culture within the organisation. So we did survey staff halfway through the pandemic pandemic and, and realised that 93% of employees didn't want to return to a traditional model of working post-pandemic. The majority of people were looking for a hybrid model um, that would suit their, their work-life balance. Um, and then finally, in terms of attracting and retaining talent, so our large kind of employee base is, is mainly advisors on the front line dealing with customers. However, our back office teams in terms of our technical staff, so our, we're a very data-driven organization and we rely on kind of data scientists and data and uh, technical experts, um, as well as software developers who design internal applications and systems. So we're heavily reliant on that type of talent really to drive our business and to keep us innovating. Um, and we really weren't um, competitive. We weren't able to compete with the big tech firms in Belfast. So we really needed to address that as well um, and think of a more um, hybrid model, more remote model that appeals to that sector of the workforce. 
okay um so i've kind of touched upon these bits but this just slide just sets out in terms of the employer and the employee benefits so i've talked around the agile workforce attracting and retaining talent as an employer we were able then to reduce our property footprint and subsequently our costs and um, we wanted to future proof we wanted to improve diversity so by having a remote model we can now attract talent from across the uk um, and not just um, in the areas in which we have a property footprint um, and we have seen uh, employee engagement benefits from from the remote model and productivity improvements which i can go through in more detail in the next slide on the employee slide side then um uh, an improved work-life balance is is one of the main drivers for for people's desire to work in this kind of flexible environment um, and as i said provides them with the flexibility and the freedom um to work remotely um, obviously for our employees as well there's more development opportunities because a lot of our managerial more senior roles or maybe some of our technical back office roles we're always based historically in our head office in ARDS. Um, so if you worked in Derry, um, and for instance, if you want to upskill or develop yourself to become a trainer, our training team was based in ARDS. Um, and unless you wanted to do that commute, um, we couldn't really facilitate that. But now, for instance, as part of my team, I have one of my trainers that are based in, in Derry because a lot of our um, training now can be done remotely. So um, it opens up the opportunities for our workforce as well. Um, and then in terms of like it's creating a, that sense of trust and confidence. So trust is hugely, it's a huge important part of our culture in Hughes. We have worked um, really hard over the last six years since we were bought over by Liberty Mutual to really build that trust with our employees. Um, the business has been in operation for over 40 years and bought by Liberty, um, as you can imagine, people react very differently to change in the different senior team. So tr building trust has been uh, top priority for us and showing our staff and that we have that trust and confidence of them being able to work remotely really does empower them um, and, and makes them feel like they do have an element of control over their work um, and just adds to that whole employee experience and the, the upside that we see from that. So I just want to kind of go through um, a little bit about our response to the pandemic and then the outcomes that we saw. So um, our response to the pandemic, I have kind of detailed on the left hand side here. Really, the pandemic challenged us to put our values um, first, to really lead by our values. And this was a perfect opportunity to do that. Um, and we had to be seen to do that as well, to, to prove that we truly are a values based company. And um, one of our main values, as I mentioned at the start, is that we put people first. And that really, truly was front and centre of every decision that we made throughout the pandemic. Um, we were able to put, uh, to send people off working from home early before actually, I think Boris Johnson announced the lockdown measures. Um, and we, we were very lucky. We had the benefit of the of our other partners within Liberty Mutual um, in the West. So we could see what was happening in Spain and Portugal um, and prepare quickly and send everybody home with laptops and equipment to, to be working from home and that really you know Phil in, in such an uncertain and worrying time for staff it really helped them um, at that time to feel more secure um, 
about being at home um, and not having to, to be in the workplace. Um, so that was an important part. We also were committed to not putting anybody on furlough. So we haven't furloughed anybody throughout the course of the pandemic. Um, and we could have because we had a lot of staff with young children who just couldn't work. We also had just hired 19 new people who were not trained to sell our products. Um, so we very easily could have put people on furlough, but we chose not to because we wanted people to have that kind of sense of job security and we wanted to work with people um, in terms of what we what what could they do, what 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 hours could they work, um, and have that real flexible approach, and that worked well for us. Um, uh, we also introduced COVID time off, so there was some people with young families that were maybe off up to six weeks at the start, um, and we just accepted that and we adapted and we moved with it. Obviously, at the time we were impacted by call volumes as well, so our sales were down, um, so there wasn't as much of a demand on the phone lines. Um, at the very beginning um, so it allowed us to be able to facilitate some of that stuff um, and when I said we introduced flexible working we we spoke with our staff on a one-to-one -one basis our manager spoke to them to say well what can you work so it was not working your traditional shift in all cases it was I can do a couple hours in the morning I can do a couple hours in the evening um, and really having that flexible adaptable approach with staff whilst we sent them home with laptops and equipment we then um, as the pandemic um, became longer and we started to realize that, that this was more of a long haul we then put in place a home equipment purchase scheme up to the value of 250 pounds where staff could buy all of the desk the chair the light whatever it was they needed to work safely from home um, and we had some nice biannual company Zoom events. So instead of our annual parties, we tried to have those by Zoom. Not quite the same, but um, it was a nice uh, way to get the whole company together. Um, we gave out biannual hampers um, to try and bring the party to the house, um, which went down really well. We introduced a working from home allowance um, in the second half of the year to cover costs that staff were out as a result of working from home. Um, at the very beginning, we put in extra breaks for our agents to really try and adjust to that home environment where it was very intense on the screen. Um, we introduced welfare calls, so um, check-ins, not check-ups is what we, we termed them. Um, so we had managers check in with their staff frequently to make sure that they were coping okay and that they had the right level of support and um, and just that, that they were okay basically, but it was more of a welfare side of things. And we had HR welfare calls as well. And then we worked on our remote training for those 19 people that we had in the business and we adapted our, our training and onboarding program to be more to be effective um, remotely. So that was that was a big challenge for us. Um, some of the outcomes that we saw then, um, we saw our employee engagement um, shoot up. We had been high in employee engagement anyway. Uh, we, we survey on a monthly basis now, and that's a Liberty Mutual-led um, initiative. So we probably were sitting in around 70%, um, and that ended. we ended the year in 2020 on 84%, and we've managed to continue that year to date as well. Our productivity um, went up, so because we're a contact center, we have a lot of data. We're able to, to measure the productivity quite easily of our staff. Um, um, and that 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 increased during that time. Our profitability increased. So whilst our, our sales were down and we were impacted in a trading perspective, our costs were down. But um, 
we wouldn't have been able to to achieve the profitability that we did achieve without the staff loyalty and without the engagement without the commitment that we have from staff we actually ended the year the most profitable that we've been in the history of the business so we were very very fortunate um and i appreciate that a lot of other organizations aren't in that position um but i think what we did try to do was reinvest that profitability back into our staff which you can see on some of the initiatives that we did and um, we saw our sickness absence reduce particularly in relation to mental health related illnesses and um, we saw our operating costs go down and we saw our staff turnover go down so but um we're not naive and we're not going to rest on our laurels and i think it's a very um unusual situation that we find ourselves in this past year and our focus now is really well look we've decided to remove to this hybrid model how do we sustain all these great outcomes how do we make this sustainable going forward and that's really the key for us and that's our focus so um uh as there's a lot of hr people on the call i think you might be interested in terms of our approach to kind of moving to that hybrid model um so we we did set up a staff engagement and consultative committee um, and we collectively consulted with our staff for eight weeks um, and at the end of that eight week program um that that eight week uh, process we then asked employees to opt in to the place of work to a change of the place of work contract clause um, and we were delighted that 100% opted into the new model. So we we didn't have to engage in any individual consultation at that point. And I must say that half of our workforce would have had a mobility clause in their contract. So we were able to invoke that. Um, however, we did still consult with those people for that period of time and talk to them and make sure that if there still was any issues that they had with the new model, that we were addressing those. So we weren't shying away from that either. Um, as part of the new model, we have introduced a more permanent working from home allowance. So we pay staff £48 per month to cover costs. And part of that is um, we're able to pay tax free. Um, I think there's £23 of that we're able to pay tax free. Um, and as a result of the move, we've then established a home working project team because it's still very much a work in progress. Um, we haven't implemented the hybrid because we're not back in the office. So we're still trying to figure out, you know, what's our operating rhythm? What does that look like? Um, what's our cadence of meetings look like? What's our standard calendars? How's that work in a, in a remote model? Um, and specifically, redefining our health and well-being strategy so what was really kind of coming out of the consultative committee was staff's um concern around health and well-being and their their genuine concern which is completely understandable and that was echoed by the organization because we do recognize if this model impacts our staff's health then we don't have our staff bringing their best selves to work and, and we don't have a sustainable business model so at that point that we decided to partner with a company called healthy place to work to audit our health and well-being within the organization with a view to developing a really bespoke strategy to target some of the areas that we needed to and also to focus in um, on the areas that we needed to sustain in a remote model as well okay so just moving into then our health and well-being approach i'm just conscious of time so i'll try and, and speed up um 
what did we do and what have we adapted so far? Um, and I'll move on to Healthy Place to Work in a second. So um, we tried to maintain our social connections. So everybody, I guess, on the call can really appreciate that that's the main thing that maybe gets lost in a remote model. So we really looked at what we could do to to, to maintain those social connections. So we've had virtual team building events. We've had tea breaks together. We've put in more breaks for staff to, to facilitate those. Um, we're having more team meetings, more connection points, um, and really trying to, to kind of focus and hone in on, on not losing those connections. And um, when we think of new staff into the business, we've developed a buddy system as well. So they're in uh, classrooms, virtual classrooms, when they join us for eight weeks, and then when they come out of their classroom, they're assigned a buddy so that they they're able. And we try to keep those cohorts together where we can, so that they because they've built up those connections over the eight weeks. Um, but we assign them a buddy so that they have somebody to refer to as well. Um, we introduced an online wellness platform and a mindfulness platform. Now, this is the benefit for us of being part of a global organization. These were liberty-led programs where staff can virtually access live Pilates and yoga classes and nutritional workshops. They can do those live at lunchtime or they can actually do them in their own time because they're all recorded. Um, and the mindfulness platform is an app on your phone that allows you to do like a, a psychometric profile. And from that information, the app kind of uh, targets you with particular um, training around resilience um, and mindfulness and uh, uh, and targets that to your personality. Um, we introduced global step challenges, um, which provided great um, competition. We have one working at the moment, actually, and that's really just to get people up and walking um, because we're so sedentary. Um, we introduced walk and talk meetings. That doesn't work for everybody. It certainly doesn't work for advisors on the phone, but it can work for back office. So if you need to have a conversation with somebody and like flesh something out and discuss it and you don't need a PowerPoint, go out for a walk and take your phone and have the meeting there. Um, we continued with our pound for pound challenges. We reorganized our recognition. So um, Amazon are getting a lot of money from us. Um, and we've done mental health first aid and EAP. Um, so just moving on then to uh, a little bit around a healthy place to work and how that kind of was going to frame our strategy moving forward. So we did this audit um, about two months ago um, and I'm delighted to say that we came out of it as a healthy, a certified healthy place to work and the first company in Northern Ireland to, to do this. Um, and you can see some of our scores there. But if I jump in just to kind of some more of the detail and within this audit, there's a plethora of information and data available. It breaks it into kind of four different areas, purpose, mental resilience, connection and physical health. And you can see our scores there versus um, some other kind of healthy place to work certified companies. Um, and you can see where our plus points are. We're big on connection and we know that that's where like a kind of a family feel organization. People love working for huge because they love the people and um, so we can't afford to lose that and um, and also you can see there are major development area is in and around physical health so that's energy and sleep and uh, exercise and diet um, and whilst we do think that's indicative of the pandemic also we're not shying away from the fact that maybe we're not great at encouraging our staff in these areas so um, doing this audit has allowed us to kind of really focus in on areas because we can't do everything all at once. So 
here are our kind of key focus areas of what we're going to be looking at building our strategy upon. So it's keeping those connections. It's looking at mental resilience. We were a bit low on work control and we're contact centers, so naturally we are. But what can we do to be innovative around that? Um, and as I mentioned, physical health, how do we build up the energy again in a remote model or a hybrid model? How do we in inject that energy into our workforce again? And um, the and the final point there is just in and around where we identified through the survey, which we insight which we weren't aware of is that our staff under 25 and under two years service actually reported less favorably in all areas. Um, and we didn't know that before. So it's either, you know, there's a cultural issue there or um, it's an expectation issue there. So we're going to do a bit of a deep dive into around that. So where we take this is we have a bunch of ambassador, ambassadors within the organization. They're currently running workshops and focus groups um, with staff to look at what do we need to stop doing, continue doing or start doing in relation to all of these areas. Then we're going to analyze all the information that comes back um, and then work and present to the um, executive team kind of a bunch of uh, ideas and actions that we can really commit to um, uh, for the next year. And those are then going to formulate our strategy, um, our, our yearly strategy. Um, and then this time next year, we will measure again in terms of healthy place to work to see if we have managed to sustain those areas and manage to kind of make marginal gains or shift the needle slightly in, in some of the areas that we're they're weaker on. If you enjoyed this podcast, check out Legal Island's range of mental health and wellbeing e-learning training courses for all your employees. Providing all employees with mental health and wellbeing training during employment or shortly after starting their employment and with regular refreshers updates throughout this time can not only provide a productive but a safe workplace for everyone visit www.legal-island.ie forward slash wellbeing for more information or you can find the link in the description below.